The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing. We have none other than Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man, Serrano. Yeah, that, that social distance. That wasn't even me. <laughs> it sounded like me. you. It was me. In the history of the show, when have I ever like responded with a, yeah? <laughs> There's been one or two times. Uh, never. <laughs> Make me sound don't, like don't James make, Hatfield. Don't make me go through the. Don't make me go through the archives to find it. We should make that a contest. If you could find it, you win like a prize. We should because I swear I don't think I've ever gone here yeah! <laughs> until now. And we have um, other than the life with Jenner G's, Jenna Lee Feldy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so excited to be here. This <laughs> this week's show. She's so excited she burst her appendix. <laughs> <laughs> this week's show we're going to have. Uh, very own Prompto Comics, Dominic Destination Man, Serrano, with his comic pick of the week. We have it's another Jay Bird Lee uh, segment. We have a Bookworm Batson segment. And I will be talking about the uh, Saved by the Bell uh, continuation series that just uh, released on Peacock. I just saw like a uh, commercial for it. I was like, oh, my God, that really did happen. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while on the show, and, and yeah. little bits of news has been coming out. So I'll now be able to give a uh, spoilerific uh discussion about it so if you haven't seen it um, watch it and then come back to the rest of the show i might, I might actually go watch that it, it, it kind of like for at least nostalgia's sake the one um clip i saw it's like ac slater sitting down he turns the 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 chair around and like the kid he's talking to is like did you just turn the chair around like the complete shock at the idea of ever doing that Meanwhile, that was his move throughout the entire like original series, right? Like you know. Yes. Sitting... Yes. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? So without without getting into uh, too much spoilers now, I say I don't think that was a big spoiler. It sorry. is no, I'm saying <laughs> I'm it spoiled. is a, a spoil of what I'm going to say. Okay. It, it is a recommendable show if you're a fan of the old show and if you like uh, okay. that type of comedy, you should go check it out. Um, but before we do any of that, let's take it away with the news. <gasps> The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, in theory, is still on for May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. Also, I think you can start saying hypothetically. Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Hypothetical. The Hypocon. Because the theory needs to be proven. And it'll be proven when, on that day. Yeah. On that day, it'll be proven or not. So until then, it's just a hypothetical. Yes, a hypothetical convention will will, will be on May first and May second of twenty twenty one. Um, also, when I give out shout out for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, News a Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. Uh, if you guys want to have your own little shout out. Go to www.patreon.com. Look up It Came From Radio in the search bar. Let's see. We'll start off with the sad news, as we always tend to do. Uh, 
you know, every time you say Unjikun, I still make like that chopping motion with my hand. <laughs> How do you not? It's like, it's like such a like it's, it's like a sagi Ujimbo, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's why I love to to enunciate that. It just is a yeah. really great name. He he came. Yeah, up, it's an awesome, awesome name. Man. Awesome name. Uh, so let's start off with the sad news. Actress Gladys Marley Warsden, better known as her stage name Abby Dalton, died recently after a long illness. Uh, Abby appeared in such shows as Have Gun Will Travel, Mar- uh, Maverick, the TV show, Hennessy. The Rifleman, The Joy Bishop Show, which ran for 96 episodes in the 60s, and Falcon Crest for six out of the nine years that it was on the air during the 80s, just name a few. Um, it's funny because every time I, uh, I have a, uh, a sad news for someone who I know, like, oh, Charlie will know this person. He's not here. Well, he's very sad. Yes, that, that, might, that might be it. I'm he's not, morose. Because I know he's talked about The Joy Bishop Show before. Well, maybe like, he's grieving. Bring yes. him some food like the Jewish people do. <laughs> yeah, so we'll bring Charlie some food because he's sad. Is he like sitting television shiva and he just like Exactly. He just put like curtains over the TV so he can't watch. Mm-hmm. So so yes, yeah, so it's very sad. And she was a a, a, a spry eighty eight. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, eighty eight's pretty good. <laughs> is there, it's better is, than eighty seven. That's yes, that is true, but not as good as eighty nine. That, yeah, you know, it's all relative. <laughs> um, moving on for some more sad news, which is the last bit of sad news. All right. Um, bodybuilder. <laughs> You're excited? Oh, yeah. Always excited <laughs> to end the sad news for sure. <laughs> yeah. Jen on this one. Bodybuilder and actor David Charles Prowse also died recently from complications of the coronavirus. Uh, David Oof. appeared in such films as Hammerhead, The Horror of Frankenstein, Up the Chastity Belt, A Clockwork Orange, Vampire Circuit, which I really got to see now, Black Snake, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, Jabberwocky, The People That Time Forgot, Perfect Woman, The Kindness of Strangers, and the documentary I Am Your Father, just name a few. Of course, David is most famous for portraying Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, of note, David was not the person whose face you saw at the end of Return of the Jedi when Luke, to- when Luke took off his mask. And actor Spencer Wilding, who's a friend of the show, uh, took over the role for Rogue One. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy so, how he so was... Yes. Coronavirus got Vader. Yes. Yes, it did. Wow. Um, like, it's always weird that out of everybody, I always felt that he and the guy, the actor who is Bubba Fett, got like the short end of the Star Wars stick. A bit, yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say. But like, without the acting, you know, the voice can only go so far. Right, well, people don't, I don't think they remember or know, um, unless you're really into Star Wars, that Prowse was actually doing all of Vader's lines and was acting with Hamill and and um uh Carrie Fisher and and the rest of the cast uh it was only that his voice really was not intimidating or or powerful enough that they got James Earl Jones because as as James Earl Jones said in a documentary he wanted a darker voice in terms of timbre in terms of like having more of a of a bass right uh, timbre yeah and it was Amber? also uh, yeah. oh, and that didn't I never heard that word. I believe I said that word right, but I could be wrong. But the idea, like you know, lower in register, more authoritative and powerful and menacing mm. to a certain degree, and just kind of you... funny because it went on to be like you know the father figure of uh, in in um, 
Lion King. King. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's what something is that if you can find it on YouTube, it's pretty easy. You can see like some behind the scenes with them actually talking. So you can yeah. hear um, uh, Chewbacca actually saying the lines. He's actually right. talking and you can right. actually hear Darth Vader. And it's very British because they were filming yeah. over in the UK. So it's very weird hearing those accents and dialogues. It is. Knowing right? what the original language is. And what's really crazy when you hear um, uh, Peter Mayhew actually saying lines, now you know precisely what Han Solo was responding yes, to. Yes. And you're like, oh, that, like there's one scene where he goes like, that guy's crazy. And he goes, you're right, Chewie, he's nuts. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so that's what <laughs> Chewbacca yeah. was you know, saying. So uh, he was a, a, another spry 85. Mm. Mm. I know you weren't a, much of a fan of uh, Star Wars, Jen. Well, so are you aware trying... of Darth Vader? Um, I'm I'm aware. I was just trying to have a moment of silence while you guys were rudely talking through the death. So, um, yes, that's why I was quiet. Okay. <laughs> so yes, of course wow. I've heard of Death Darth Vader. But Death, Vader? Was, was, Death Vader. Death Vader. Death Vader. <laughs> <laughs> He's Death Vader now. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you had a chance to save it, and then you took it down. Yeah. Now, the question is, is there going to be a service or did uh, David Prowse's body just disappear? Uh, as he oh, became man. one with, with the force. With, with, my, with my drum sound effect. Uh, I think that was more of an uh sound effect, but yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the not as sad news. From the, if you're a fan, cancel me department. In a 12-minute video released on Instagram, comedian Dave Chappelle pleaded with fans to not watch his show, Chappelle's show, which is currently streaming on CBS All Access, HBO Max, and as well as on the Comedy Central channel and website. Dave says, <clears throat> they didn't have to pay me because I signed the contract. But is that right? I found out that the people were streaming my work, and they never had to ask me, and they never had to tell me. Perfectly legal, because I signed the contract. But is that right? I don't think so either. Uh, yeah. The video came out shortly after Netflix stopped streaming the show. Dave says, I called them and I told them that this makes me feel bad. And if you want to know what they did, they agreed and they would take it off their platform just so I could feel better. Um, we've talked about contracts and deals and rights yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, I can understand you know, yes, he did sign the contract. But if you watched the twelve-minute video, did you did, did you talk, Tui, Did either of you two guys watch the video? Yes. I didn't see the video, but I read about it. And what's funny is, literally the night before, I saw the Chappelle show was on Netflix and watched the first episode again. Huh. And, and like the next day, like Dave Chappelle asked Netflix to take down the show. I'm like, really? I just got to watch that one episode. Um, I. I can understand, like, he, let's see, he's, I don't know how, how old is Dave Chappelle now? He's got to be in his, I'm thinking late 40s, early 50s. That's, that's my guess. Well, let's mm -hmm. see. I'm sitting in front of a computer. Let me Google that. So while he's doing he's that. He's 50s. Uh, he's 47. So that oh. came out, like, in what, 2003, 2004? Yeah, it sounds about right. I early think, 2000s. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, early 2000s. Early 2000s. So we're talking like 15 years ago, mm -hmm. roughly speaking. Yep. Um, so he was what, 32? Yeah, he was in his, yeah. You know, like, yeah, 2003, it, it came out. That's probably when he signed the first deal. So we're talking 17 years ago. So he was 30. Um, and 
I could see, like, look, you're 30. I mean, he'd been in the business for what, since he was like 15, but mm-hmm. this was his first big break into f- real big fame. I mean, before that, it was uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, yeah. Really, right? Like, that was his first real big thing. And then I guess how high, and then this. Like, but this, half like, baked. How high was baked. a different movie? Sorry. Half, thank you, sir. Half baked. But, like, this is the thing that launched him. I could see him, like, not quite understanding, like, television rights that kind of stuff should have had a better lawyer well in the video he says about that i mean like i said if you didn't see the video you really should see the video because the way he explains it it's really interesting um jen do do you want to give the short version of of what he said um basically he well simply put he got screwed he got screwed in the uh, the way he made the deal and he made the whole show and he says they stopped paying him so he left the show and in return they painted him a story to make him seem like he was crazy but really he he was getting the short end of the deal way back then and then he hasn't he's not really being paid when it's streamed i think on comedy central and i want to say netflix anywhere so he said just stop watching the show and the funny thing to me is i happened to watch that show as i was getting ready to go to a meeting from yet another company that offered to produce my own show but the reason why i haven't pulled the trigger in about 10 years is because i don't trust someone else to produce my show because i don't want this to happen to me and i'm watching this as i'm about to go to the meeting and i said in the meeting i don't want this happening to me so so I'm probably just going to do my own show. So I have a lot of thoughts on this. I've it's thought him. about exactly this for about a decade. I mean, as as put, Billy he, Joel once said, get, like they asked him once on his own channel, what career advice do you recommend? He's like, get a lawyer. <laughs> but you have, mm-hmm. but you have to mm-hmm. get the right lawyer. Like in, yeah. in the twelve, in the in the video, he does mention that he did have a lawyer. But he's like, you know, if you think about it, that this lawyer could be all playing the same game. They could be all on the same team. So he's right. telling you that it's a good deal. But it yeah. may not be. And if you're a young guy and you're you're desperate for money, you you know you think it's a yeah. good deal. Yep. Yeah, that that's happened to me. I'm like, this seems like a good idea, and, and I totally. He's like, yeah, they're not yep. saying what the contract is saying. Right, right. I'm like, all right, you know, I've and and yeah. you know you you think this is my chance, so I'll mm-hmm. take that risk. But then you're gonna pay for it later. It's a very interesting. And also, thing. what one lawyer or one advisor might think is a good deal for you you might be able to do better. I've had people advising me and they think it's good for, it's like, no, I can do better than this. So, right. you know, they understand it. It's just, they're not in line with my views. The best yeah. thing I would say is you know, not just get a lawyer, but you've got to do your research, get your lawyer. You can't, you know, you got to go like feel them out, figure out, you know, what they're, what kind of law they're doing. Cause mm-hmm. people are also like, Oh, it's a lawyer. Like, no, like you don't want like, your friend the injury attorney lawyer yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah selino yeah he's you know, <laughs> you're hurt dial five now no longer eight but anyway yeah. no you don't you don't want like some friend of a friend's lawyer who really does um real estate contracts you mm-hmm. need to find a business lawyer working in contracts ideally entertainment and someone that is not recommended from your, the studio or whatever you need to go find this person for yourself. Exactly. Yes. Um, which is easy to say. Even now at thirty-seven, I'm seven years older than when he signed that deal. Soon I'll be I'll be thirty-eight in January. But you know, at thirty, would you think that? I don't know. Like thirties yeah. in it's, in America, thirty is still very young. It's it's a, yeah. I woke up like two years ago, honestly. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like go. thirty-four when I woke up. So I, <laughs> I like, wouldn't oh, know this at thirty. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, right. I mean, Mm-mm. you at 30, you'd know enough to pay your bills on time yep. and stuff like that. But in terms of like really like money and deals and, and no. rights and not getting screwed, you're not going to know this. And, no way. And what the- swinging it back to comics, I mean, we've talked about, you know, uh, the many conflict people who've gotten screwed over the years. Oh, so many. Because, because of just such a reason. So I say, oh, yeah. go watch the, it's called Unforgiven. You, you know, Google it and you can look up, see it on, on YouTube, watch it. And then I would say, you know, cancel culture. This is the one time I'm, I'm actually supporting cancel culture. Do not watch this show. So, but that's different. Right? That's the creator. <laughs> it is different though. The creator is asking you because he got screwed over monetarily not to watch it. Right. Is and it because, because theoretically you could, I mean, you watch that show, especially like the very first episode where the black blind white supremacist. You could easily see someone else today saying, oh, you can't you shouldn't watch that show because the content is racial sensitive. Like, no, this is the creator himself asking. So it's it's the only time you can ever say that cancer culture was done correctly. And what's the best thing about it? What's the best thing about it in the video? He says, I'm not telling you to not to watch the other shows. I'm not telling you not to watch the network. Just don't watch my show. So I was like, wow, that's that's like the high road on this whole thing. So speaking of cancel culture, we're the next bit of news from the, and the answer is cancel culture department. On a previous show, we announced that none other than former Jeopardy champion Ken Jennings will be the first of many temporary hosts to fill in when production resumes filming after Alex Trebek had died. Uh, not more than a few hours after the announcement was made, the cancel culture that is the internet dug through six years of tweets and found what they consider to be an offensive statement made by ken in 2014 the tweet reads and this is one offensive statement the one thing this is what he said the tweet reads nothing sadder than a hot person in a wheelchair um of note in 2018 ken did issue an apology so that's two years later he did issue an apology for the remarks saying i never did any public i never did a public flogging for this but i did apologize personally to angry hurt people who reached out to me personally it was a joke so inept that it meant something very different in my head and i regret the ableist plan reading of it i strongly am against deleting old tweets even the gross ones seems like whitewashing so I don't even know what to make of this. Now they won't, they're, they're after poor Ken Jennings for saying a joke six years ago. Six years ago, which he apologized for. And that's the only, they could, I mean, this is cancel culture and the social, the online social justice movement um, is akin to McCarthyism and, and the Salem witch trials in a certain respect. They will go f- as far back as they have to to find something on you and no one is perfect everyone has said something dumb somewhere online at some point i you say know, at least once a week <laughs> yeah, so do we, jen and i definitely say something dumb at least once a week maybe twice <laughs> I, on the, i mean know. i just posted a video of me fake simulating fellatio a few hours ago so yeah I, I <laughs> there totally you go it. there <laughs> you go so did you get you of course got consent on what on whoever you were simulating fake simulating right well, yeah, Donald Trump never approved of this, but I did do this joke at an open mic and I did post it online. But so far, oh. I'm getting accolades and people seem to like it. So there so, you go. So far, so good. But, just you know, 10 years from now, they're going to look and find this and say that you were somehow a Trump supporter and you should be canceled. There, there was mm-hmm. uh, a thing I just saw yesterday, which was uh, bring to, to, to we and I'm not, I'm not my words are not agreeing with my mouth today. 
there was something I saw th just yesterday, which is relevant to this, was that it said that there was a teacher. She was writing down the multiplication tables of nine, of nine and she wrote down <laughs> nine times one equals seven. And then she went on with the correct answers. And she said that all the students were laughing at her because she made one mistake. And she's like, it doesn't matter how many else you get right. They're all going to focus on that one mistake. Pretty right. Much. Yeah. Per, yeah. I mean, we do this to ourselves. There's an everyone like you can get a hundred, you know, 99 great reviews of something you've done, whether it's the show or, you know, a comedy thing or whatever, and that it's always going to be that one, the one negative, guy, the one negative guy that you're going to fixate on. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like people just love, there was, there's a psychologist. I mentioned it the very first time I met, I met Jen, I, this, this gentleman, Jordan Peterson. And oh, he, I love him. Yeah. And he had said something really interesting in, in clean a video, your clean your room. But he said something like really interesting, like you come home and your spouse, significant other has like cleaned, you know, or vacuumed or done something that they've been saying they're going to do, you've been asked them to do, and they do it. And then they get annoyed because you come in and you don't say, you know, thank you for doing that. He said, because it's, the reason is like, it's done. It's out of your mind now, mm. you, get, you know, so you, this just happens where like you forget because some everything was done right. You're like, of course it's done right. Oh, but that's the mistake, right? The person could have, you know, vacuumed the house and, and washed the windows, cooked dinner, but for whatever reason, they forgot to like, I don't know, um, take out the garbage. You're going to come yep. in and focus right on the garbage, not being taken out and forget right. all the positive things they just did. Yep. You can't <clears throat> please everyone, but you can always piss off someone. That's why I always like to acknowledge right. verbally when someone does something right, because I'm hypersensitive when there's flaws. I'm a very critical person. So, you know, yeah. I always like to celebrate and people will say, oh, you're not being humble. But you know what? Trust me. I see I see horrible things all the time. So let's celebrate the good things. Let's let's bring attention to that. I make it a point to always to do my best to say thank you to people that get something done that I've asked, you know, and, and not take it for granted. Right. Exactly. Uh, whether, whether it's my lady or my father or people I work with, you know, that they, they get some, or people who work for me, they got something done. I want to thank them. So they don't, they notice it. It's the upshot. Someone once told me it's the upshot of talk is cheap. Hmm. It doesn't cost me anything to thank someone and acknowledge that they've done something. So mm -hmm. good job uh, with that new segment. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I feel well so said, good about good myself. Job. The new uh, the new shows with Ken will air on January 2021. So he's going to take over. Uh, Alex Trebek's last show is going to air on Christmas Day. Um, oh, moving on on the same so, like weird. Well, it's kind of I think it's kind of nice. A little Christmas. I know. Fans. I know. They say um, Levar Burton is like a, a contender too. People want to see Levar Burton do it. Yes. Uh, so I could, that could work too. I don't know. So on the same on the same wavelength, uh, from the pay the artist department, in a recent interview, artist Alex Ross explained how he and co-creator Mark Wade were taken advantage of by DC for adapting the designs used for the CW's Crisis of Infinite Earths crossover and the Batwoman TV series last year, as well as the golden armor for Wonder Woman as seen in the upcoming Wonder Woman film. Alex says. <clears throat> Well, the thing is, they were borrowing my Superman costume, but it was only to get Brandon Roof in his version of Superman. And the truth of the matter was that they have not been able to or willing to get a deal based upon the production that he was part of with Brian Singer. Presumably that they didn't want to have to pay out to them. 
So instead, I got screwed. They didn't pay me or Mark Wade for anything of our designs. I don't see any money for One Woman 1984 using my armor. Hell, I designed Batwoman for heaven's sake, and she has a whole damn show. Yeah, if it's not, you know. It's those contracts with this work for, it's it's contracts. the stuff we've been talking about. It's, it's crazy but how everybody gets screwed. Yeah, everyone gets screwed, and... I feel bad for Alex Ross. I've never met him, but I obviously love his work. Thought it amazing illustrator, probably the best illustrator in comics. Um, and I, I really mean that illustrator, not penciler, not artist. I mean, like his style is such gorgeous illustration that there, are, every page is a painting. It's insane what you know what he does and what he what he his his talent. Um, that being said he's been in the comic book business long enough he can be annoyed but he can't be shocked because when you work for marvel or dc unless you are really amazing like you're neil gaiman and you can really negotiate a great deal whatever you make for them they own it and they yeah. don't have to consult you for any reason whatsoever yeah that's that's just like just like we were saying about contracts and all that stuff it's just crazy how this is and to be like i've i've done work for people and it never bothered me when I've, uh, as a potter, I've, I've done work and I've made work for people and they called it their own because they paid me. And in my mind, if like, if you took the check and you cashed the check, then you got your end of the deal. You know, does that make sense? Like you accepted a work for a higher situation, which is what happens when you work for DC or Marvel. You took the money that they were given you. You knew that they were going to keep the rights to use the images you know, if you don't like it, don't, don't do that work. You want to control everything that you do, then just put out your own stuff. Other than that, if you're willing to accept the money from a company, you have to know that's going to happen. Never bothered me personally. But... Whether or not it's right or fair is a different argument because yeah, it's different, some, of, but... some of the comic creators did, you know, cast a check. That's like their defense, but the guy, um, uh, Bill Finger with, with Batman, Right. It's just one of those things that you don't know at the time. You don't know it's going to be a big thing. You're like, yeah, I'm, right, doing, right. Some, I'm doing some job. But it's, it is, it's, 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 it's a signing a deal with the devil. That's what you right. got. Oh, you, you're getting into. It, it is, but it isn't. Like you could, you can say like definitely back then. Obviously, like with Superman and Batman, a lot of people got screwed, um, and it's horrible that they got screwed. But in to, certainly today, certainly anything after like 1980, if right. you started working in comics. When was the last, you know, who was the last big new comic superhero that came out from Marvel and DC that be became huge? Uh, Miles Morales, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe. And that's what, one in 40, 50 years? <laughs> yes, yes. And I think before Miles Morales was, you know, Wolverine. So the chances of you actually working and creating your own, you know, a new character, uh, well, Venom, Tom McFarlane, right? Okay, yeah. it's so rare that anyone's going to you're going to create that a new character because it's pretty much all established characters at this point and especially like even with alex ross like what he did yeah he did designs and stuff but and but he worked all with their characters right in kingdom come he didn't really bring in it he didn't bring in a new character he didn't create a new character so you know the idea of really needing to protect yourself isn't the same as it used to be in terms of like your your character design and stuff like the the things that happened to bill finger and 
uh, the creators of Superman doesn't really happen anymore because there's not the big two or the big five, however you want to look at it, but specifically Marvel and DC are not interested in really bringing in new characters. They're just right. interested in making money on the established characters. Rehashing, yes. So, so we, we have about less than five minutes. So I want to see if we can get to this one other bit of news. And on a positive note, a little happy note. Yeah. Uh, Yay. From the a burger that Mark will never have department. In London, Chef Gordon Ramsay has revealed a, y, a Wagyu burger. I can't even pronounce it right. W-A-G-Y-U. Wagyu, yeah. Wagyu burger. I think you said uh, it right. Or close enough. Which is described as a taste of America without the transatlantic trip. Seared with Wagyu sirloin, truffled perconian cheese. Pericone cheese? P-E-R? P-E-C-O-R-I-N-O. Picorino cheese, mayonnaise, and a fresh black truffle, priced at only $106. Dollars or pounds? Dollars. Dollars, okay. Gordon says, I promise you will never have tasted anything quite as delicious as this amazing burger at Gordon, at, at Gordon Ramsay Burger. I've been perfecting this burger for years in America, and now we're taking it to the next level. Um, of note, if you want fries with that, it'll cost you an extra eight bucks. Well, Those if you can't pronounce it, you probably shouldn't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no wonder you're not having it, Mark. That's... Look, Mark, Mark <laughs> thought like Colby Jack cheese was the epitome of sophistication. So, mm, I love oh, it. the square cheese was it? That's that square. Was... Yeah, yeah Colby was... Jack cheese. That was some good cheese. <laughs> you know, you could get that for like three fifty at any supermarket, right? It doesn't make it any less good. <laughs> I'm not it's saying so it's good. not good. I'm just saying like. You came across that's it as high, like, end, high end quality high cheese, end, right high there. High quality cheese, and I'm it's good cheese. I'm just saying, like, this is not amazing artisanal cheese, sir. So, no, I don't, I don't suspect you're ever going to try that burger. But a hundred and six dollars, not tax included. That's just the burger, and and then the fries are eight bucks. Like, does that mean that the fries are not that good? Huh. Well, that's interesting. You know, you'd think for hundred and six bucks, fries would be included. No, something that's, for everyone. <laughs> maybe the idea is like i mean if you need to have fries but you're just spending a, you're a hundred dollars on a burger maybe you just want to savor the burger and that's not even like with a tip or a, or a, or a beverage you're drinking water well remember this is england so tipping isn't nearly as exorbitant as it is in the states because they pay their their wait staff much better in europe all right fair enough but still you're you're, you're going in there with 106 dollars you're going to spend more than $106 is what I'm saying. Yes. Basically, if it's if you think that $106 for a hamburger is reasonable, <laughs> then whatever you're going to pay on top of that probably doesn't bother you. <laughs> so we're almost out of time for our news. Um, so that's it for the news. Uh, unless, Jen, you have a, uh, something important to say about the $106. Sounds like a great place for uh, ugly guys with lots of money to take hot girls. Yeah. Well, Impressive. that's how... Well, yeah, you put it that it way, the girls won't even eat the bird. They'll eat the fries. They'll eat the fr- exactly. That's why. That's why you get the fries. <laughs> so they have something to eat. <laughs> or they won't eat at all. Models no. don't eat. The water. The water. That's what the water is for. There you go. Right. And the alcohol. But wait, no <laughs> alcohol. No. Yeah, yeah. Sugar babies love alcohol. They just don't like food. You're gonna you're gonna pay hundred and six dollars and they're gonna have alcohol with it. That means you won't even be able to remember the taste. Yeah, yeah. The girls have the alcohol and the oh, men with lots of money yeah. eat the burger. Perfect. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. The girls need the All alcohol right. to deal with being with this fat 
like Harvey mm. Weinstein like <laughs> gentleman. Mm-hmm. So we had our final thoughts for the segment. So uh, Dominic Defamation Man, do you have any final thoughts uh, for our news this week? I would have gotten that burger if it was just 105. Bucks. <laughs> 106 <laughs> is too much. That's it. That's your limit. 105. 105 is as far as I'll go for a hamburger. <laughs> Jen, do you have a final thought for the news segment? Onions, garlic, and mushrooms are very good for your immune system, so eat them. And if you want to wear a mask, you could do that too. Well, the the the, the burger isn't even any of that stuff on it. Are, are truffles <laughs> no, healthy? No. Truff, truffles are are like fungus. So, so yeah, are truffles good for you, uh, Jen? Um, sometimes they can be good. Yeah, that's true. All right, so I I, I guess that that's the moral of the day. One hundred one hundred five dollars for Dominic. Truffles might be good. And make sure you drink the alcohol. <laughs> Perfect. There you Word. go. So that's it for the news. We're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with a came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. New comics are back at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. This December, get ready for the next Marvel Comics event, King in Black. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel, DC, Image, or independent comics, back issues, comic book supplies, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. Thank you, and stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're here to talk about... The Shining. Ooh, scary. Eh, not that scary. What do you mean not that scary? It's not that scary. Are you kidding me? It was like a mental psychology, psychological thriller that should have made you uh, poop your pants. Uh, well, that didn't happen. Oh. Maybe it happened for you as a kid, but not me. Actually, it's the first time I saw it. I only saw clips for Wait. as a kid. Really? Yeah, I never saw the whole movie because I was so scared because of Jack Nicholson and his face and the axe going and, and all that stuff. So Jack Nicholson is an amazing actor. <laughs> oh, you like him, do you? Yeah, his he's so good acting like an insane person. Yeah, I think he was pretty good with that for sure. Yeah, know? definitely. So tell me what you liked about the movie. Hmm. I liked it a lot. I definitely liked the uh, acting. How everything was just so eerie. I liked how the uh, clips were fast and how it was... Mom said that she thought it was a, f- a slow-moving movie. I thought it was faster because the clips sort of went like that. They went quick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the editing was fast, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. The scenes were short, but they told you a lot within those scenes. It's Right, so that's so. This is a psychological thriller where in the nineteen seventy eight or something like this. I mean, nine around then, or yeah, right. So, um, what do you think of that movie compared to some of the psychological thrillers today? Because this is a movie that probably influenced most horror films. See, the thing is, I probably would have found it more scary if I haven't seen all the spoilers I've seen already. Because oh. before I watched it, I almost knew like all of the main scenes, like the red yeah. rum. Right, the red <laughs> yeah. rum part of it. And right. the where Jack Nicholson chased uh, his wife yeah. up the steps. Like I already knew that was going to happen. 
because of other movies uh, impersonating it. Yeah, I think that's what stinks about movies like that have such a great influence on the culture is that they constantly take from it, take little bits and pieces, like um, that movie Ready Player One. If yeah, you watch... they did it. Also, I think, did Wreck-It Ralph do it? I don't remember. That was a different thing. Oh, yeah, I don't remember if they did it. But yeah, but if if they're taking little bits and pieces of this movie... And they're using it throughout, I don't know, The Simpsons or, like I said, Ready Player One. Or they're putting it on other pop culture type movies or spoofs or any type of film like that. You are getting, I don't know, you're not getting the surprise thrill. That, yeah, it's sort of ruining it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think most of those issues come... Um, Really, you know, it just makes it softer for, for your generation. Yeah. Another thing is... During the whole entire movie, um, mom was like, oh, I remember this part. And, like, sort of made it like something bad's going to happen, but it wasn't as bad as she made it. Right. But apparently she said she was, like, eight when she first watched it, so it, like, scarred her. Yeah, there are certain movies that scar kids that are, you know, a lot of us weren't allowed to watch well shouldn't have watched that's why they had those <laughs> ratings you know rpg g that yeah. kind of stuff and it's uh unfortunate but um you know I, I mean it's just like you you probably watch a ton of stuff that's inappropriate for your age and you know i don't know how much of it yeah but it's better you. than like the g-rated stuff because that's all stuff riley watches <laughs> and it's boring and cheesy yeah i guess that's true i mean you're 13 that's why they have pg-13 but you probably walk into the r zone i know i'm guilty of i walked into the r zone before <laughs> yeah i guess i'm guilty of that but anyway did you like the movie yes yes yeah, uh, yeah that was a now, it was a good movie it's based off a stephen king book would you read the book because i think there's a lot of stuff that's going on that in the book that she did not see. Oh, so yeah, maybe I'll read the book. Yeah, and Stephen King said that he hated the film. Really? He, Why yeah. did he hate the film? Because it wasn't the way he wanted to do it. Hmm. Was Stephen King... Uh... He was the writer or the author of the book, but he wasn't the director of the film. That was mm. Stanley Kubrick, remember? And he made that uh, actress, Shelley Duvall, right? Do... Oh, yeah, do that scene like a million times and she was basically tortured on set. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, we recommend this movie, right? Yes, definitely. All right. Well, I hope uh, until next time, I guess, right? Yep. <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came from the Radio. Today's selection is Nightfall, Michael's Awakening, Robinson Young. This comic centers around Michael Vash. He's a young, attractive, popular football player. In our introduction to him, we get to see him and snippets of his life. Him playing football, him with his sister, him with his girlfriend, Melissa. He's just your typical popular kid living a charmed life. If he has a problem, 
it's his mother. She has some mental issues that she's um, taking treatment for and medication. But apparently in the past, she believed that she was a princess that was being sought by bounty hunters. Other than that type of thing, they have a normal loving mother-son relationship. I mean, this is a guy living his best life. Now, on his birthday, his mother tells him that, and I quote, when the moon shines its brightest, he will transform into his first werewolf form. Naturally, he doesn't believe her and he doesn't want to hear it. So he goes off to his birthday party where at the celebrations, he starts to feel ill and eventually transforms into a werewolf. His mother shows up in her werewolf form and that's where the comic ends. I like this comic. It was a quick, easy read. Um, have we heard this story before? Sure. It's kind of like a serious uh, version of Teen Wolf. But despite that, it remained interesting. Another thing I liked about this comic was that although the characters were people of color, that was not the main focus. It just was. Too often when you read a story where the characters are people of color, that becomes the focus and not the story. That wasn't the case here. I love this type of normalization. I'm going to give this four moons. Get it? It's a comic about a werewolf. Moon? Four moons. I would love to see where this story goes. I enjoyed it. And like I said, it was a quick, easy read, very entertaining. I liked it. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to Team Maria, the official of the Big Apple Contest. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. As I mentioned before, I'm going to be using this segment to talk about the new Saved by the Bell series, which is technically a continuation, not a reboot. I know that's the hip term that the kids use uh, nowadays, but it's really a continuation of the original series. Uh, I want to mention there will be some spoilers, but not too many. But I think we should first start off with uh, how... I was involved in Saved by the Bell when I was a kid. I used to watch it occasionally. I had the hots for Tiffany with Ethan, and I thought it was funny and entertaining. Saw a couple of seasons of it, but I don't think I was a diehard fan of the show. So I heard that the show was going to be uh, continued. Uh, Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley were going to be the executive producers, so obviously we're going to appear in it. And at the time, those were the only two that were going to be involved in the show. Then um, they mentioned, everybody was talking, how come Zach isn't in it? How come Mark Paul Gossler isn't in it? Because he's a big-time actor. And he was asked about it in many interviews. And he said that no one no one bothered to ask him. We've reported on this many times on our show. I felt that probably they were working behind the scenes and they struck a deal with him. Then it was announced that he was going to be part of it. And then we heard the announcements that uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was going to come back. 
which leaves two out of the, the six main cast members left over, which was Lark Voorhees and Dustin Diamond, who played um, Lisa Tuttle and Screech. So Lisa, no, Lisa Lark went on uh, the Dr. Oz show a couple of months ago, probably the beginning of this year, saying how she wasn't invited to come back and she was heartbroken and, and she was upset. And we reported on it. And then it turned out that shortly thereafter that had came out, they reached out to her and they decided to include her in the series, which left poor Dustin Diamond out in the cold. Um, he did not come back. His character was mentioned, which I will get to in uh, just a few minutes. And that's how the show uh, came to be. They decided to get new cast members to have the next generation of kids. And um, the show carried on. And I saw the entire series, the new, the new show. And I thought it was a great amalgam of how the classic TV show was and a modern teenage show, a modern comedy show set in high school. What I found interesting is that it gave you two different perspectives of the rich, quote unquote, rich Bayside kids, which was what the people were in the Saved by the Bell series. And then the regular kids who would be the people watching the Saved by the Bell TV series. And in the episodes, they had the characters were like caricatures, but they were more well-rounded of the original cast members. There was uh, Zarek Morris's son, and um, they had uh, Elizabeth Berkeley's son as well. And what I thought was cool is that they took a backstage to the other main characters, the new kids, to get a, a more well-rounded perspective. And what was funny was that they still have the tropes of the original series where the Bayside kids had their own episodes where things were happening and if you were watching it back then it would have went a certain way and for them in their world it was working out in that way and the newer kids came in and <laughs> they were calling them out on that as like it's such an odd thing to see watching it from the outside so for those of you who don't know the idea of the series is that uh, zach morris has become governor who's married to tiffany amber Thiessen, and he made a mistake somehow because he's Zach Morris and he got some schools closed down and decided that the underprivileged schools would be mixed in with the privileged school, which one of which was Bayside. And that's how the characters come together in this series. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley is a, a counselor on the show. So that, that has her there a lot. And so is Mara Lopez. He plays the coach of the uh, uh, football team. And then they have uh, Zach Morris has a limited, uh, Mark Morgasso has a limited appearances, and so does uh, Tiffany Amadeusen as his wife. Um, obviously, you can tell that the show was, was filmed, and then they added uh, Lark Voorhees' part afterwards because she only came in one episode, and it was a, and it was a uh, <laughs> via Skype call. And they explained that because she was in Paris, and she's a, you know, they, they made her character do well. But she only had a small thing, and that could have easily been edited out or edited in, depending on if they had gotten her to be in the show. And then they also mentioned that Screech is living in the International Space Station, which is why he wasn't on the show. So they covered all the bases. They had the Max, which was uh, the place where they used to hang out, and even had the original actor who played the Max as a magician was there for two episodes. And it was like it was very weird how they decided to have that perfect balance of the two genres of shows. Another thing I found interesting is that um, one of the characters is a transgender character. 
uh, well, a transgender actress. I was reading about it, and she said that her character was transgender. And by watching the series, I didn't pick that up. So I thought that was kind of cool. That if she was, was awesome. And they didn't make a spotlight about it. They didn't have a whole episode about it. They didn't do any of that stuff. They just made her one of the characters, just one of the people. And I think that's the best way to have an inclusion into it. You're just one of the the group members. Not a, so you know they didn't make oh this is a transgender person. Oh this is a black person. No, they were just all together. Um, they even had one of the the, the characters from the quote unquote uh, underprivileged schools was a female. And she was joining the football team. And Elizabeth Berkeley's son was the head of the football team. And he's played like, like the complete opposite of his mom. And they, they mentioned for a half a second that an issue was that she was a female on the boys' football team. But they didn't make, they didn't really, once again, they didn't bring a spotlight on it. They just mentioned it. It was actually a throwaway joke. And she was on the team and she was the best person on the team. So I, I like how they included everybody in the series, which was really nice. The jokes were funny and fresh, and it was very meta, where they made fun of themselves a lot of times. Um, one of the, the best jokes I thought was that when the two, uh, when the two kids, Elizabeth Berkeley's uh, son and Mario Lopez's son, were fighting over a girl who was just in that one episode. She didn't have any lines, but it was like a classic episode of the TV series where they were fighting over her and they were trying to get her affection and love by doing wacky and wild things while everybody else around them was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just do this? Why don't you, know, why don't you just talk to her? Why don't you just work it out? Because at first they thought it was two different people. Then they realized it was the same person and they had to have a, a prank off. So Mario Lopez sits him down. He says, you know, I, I know what this is all about. We are, uh, you guys are best friends. And you're fighting over this girl, but it's not really about that. It's really about, you know, you, you being who's, who's the better person, who's being a prankster, and it doesn't really matter. And he said that he did the same thing when he was young, talking about him and Zach Morris. And he says, and, it was, and I was fighting over your mom, talking to one of the kids. And he said, then I, you know, we, got, we, we made friends, and then I went on to other hot chicks, which was your mom, talking to the other, the other kid. And the two of them looked at each other, and they said, wait a minute. This is, this is some serious stuff. You just said it didn't matter, but you did the exact same thing, and it did matter because if they had not gotten together, we wouldn't exist. And so they looked at each other, and they realized that the girl wasn't, wasn't marrying material that is someone that they didn't want to spend the rest of their lives with, so that's how they became friends. So they, they went around in a roundabout meta way to get to the same resolution as they would have normally done in the old days. I thought that was very nice, very entertaining, a great little mix-up of the series. I'm uh, hoping it would get a, a another reprieve for another another season. And if they do, they could bring uh, more characters in, like uh, Principal Belding. Um, I do find it funny. And I mean, for people who you for people who don't know, Dustin Diamond had a falling out with the with the rest of the cast or with the book, um, which he claims was not. It was written by a ghostwriter, and and hopefully they will get along. But he was the one that stayed with the series for the longest. He was he became principal, if I'm not mistaken, at least principal assistant in the original series. But like I said, but I didn't, I didn't even watch it. Um, they mentioned all the other uh, shows when they went to Hawaii. They mentioned um, they even mentioned some other characters who were in the series as like throwaway lines. So if you weren't a fan of the original, it was entertaining. 
It was a very uh, family-friendly, inclusive show. And if you were a, a fan of the original series, it gave you that little nostalgic tone to it. But it didn't rely extremely heavy on it. And I really thought that they did an extremely well job, well done job of what this was. And originally, I wasn't going to see it, but I managed to, to see it. And I was like, wow, I was pleasantly surprised on how uh, entertaining it was. So if you're a fan, you should go and check it out. And if you're a fan of, uh, if you're not a fan, but if you want to see some good uh, family-friendly stuff, you should go check it out as well. So with that, we're going to take our break. We'll be right back with a game from the radio. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Okay, everyone. So this is going to be a different kind of pick of the week this week. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about any specific comic. Instead, I'm actually going to be talking about a comic book service and the reason why I'm going to talk about it is because my wonderful lady got me this <clears throat> she did a one-off for me and, it, and I was very impressed by the comics that came to me and since it is the holiday season and people might be looking for holiday gift ideas uh, I figured this might be a good one to tell you about so the name of the subscription service is called The Comic Garage, and you can do this one of two ways. You can either go to thecomicgarage.com, or you can just look it up on Amazon under subscription boxes. Um, either way, you can get this going. So I could ramble on about it, but I did happen to find an audio clip where they discuss what it is they do. And let me play that for you now, and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Looking for an amazing way to supercharge your comic collection? Welcome to the Comic Garage. The Comic Garage offers a subscription box that delivers 10 or 24 comic books to your doorstep every month. We offer comics with all your favorite characters each month. This includes number one issues, first character appearances, variants, graphic novels, and more. Simply sign up, choose your plan, kick back, and enjoy your comics. There's no strings attached, so sign up now for your first month of comics. So I am very impressed by the service and the amount of comics that I got. Really quickly, here's what I have just in front of me. So I got uh, Night Quest, The Crusade, Batman Shadow of the Bat, Ultimate X-Men number 24, Avengers number 4 from 2016, um, Tony Stark Iron Man, Daredevil... The <laughs> Daredevil the Mouse Without Fear. Uh, that's a cute. That's a cute uh, cover. Uh, Silence the Silencer. Never heard of that one. I'm going to look forward to reading that. Uh, Aquaman. Star Wars. Age of Resistance. Rose Tico. The Amazing Spider-Man. Number 10. Uh, Gods of War. Civil War 2. Star Wars. Uh, the New 52. Futures End. Batgirl. Beautiful holographic cover on this one. This is awesome. Uh, Infinity, Avengers, Secret Six, Future Imperfect, The Uncanny Inhumans, Batman, 
Green Lantern, New Guardians. Ooh, another cool, really cool uh, uh, holographic cover. Elektra, A-Force 10, uh, all-new X-Men, Utopians, Batgirl, and Han Solo. So, like, these are not um, comics that are, in, you know, quote-unquote, Ashcan independence. These are real comics from real major companies, Marvel, DC, so on and so forth, um, that are of good quality, and they're floppies. And I don't know about you if you keep your floppies or you don't, but certainly you're going to want to read through all these, and it's a stack. It's like what you would go and pick up on a Wednesday at a, at a store. So there are a couple of different um, options on the boxes. You can get the Super, which uh, gets you 10 books, or you can get the Ultimate, which gets you 24. Uh, you could also give it as a gift. So let me click on that. Um, and you can just uh, give it to someone, which is a great idea. You can also do a single box, and their options are the Comic Garage box, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, Flash, X-Men, Wonder Woman, Hulk, uh, Green Lantern, Lobo, didn't expect that one, Fantastic Four, uh, Choose Your Own Character comic box, as you can see, like, my lady kind of did that, she knows, uh, knows kind of what I like, Justice League box, Comic Garage, uh, you can even get one of their t-shirts from their website, so it's a really cool service, uh, I think if you have a comic book lover in your life, or you are a comic book lover, you'll enjoy it, um, and I highly recommend it. Go check it out. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com, goodtalkradio.com, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The radio with mark torres the views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station we now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast